0: Be careful who you're getting your savory treats from, especially if you live in Eastern Europe. And then we take a look at the story of Carl Higdon out on a nice day trying to shoot some elk in the brain. But when he pulls that trigger and the bullet stops in midair, he realizes that maybe he's the one being hunted today on Dead Rabbit Radio. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Dead Rabbit Radio. I'm your host, Jason Carpenter. I'm having a great day. I hope you guys are having a great day too. Had a bit of a scare here though. Had an equipment failure. One of my mic cables went out. Gotta buy some new ones. So, um, we almost basically have to cancel the show. I don't have a lot of extra cables laying around. So I'm gonna have to buy some. And speaking of buying stuff, if you want to help support the show, you can support the show via Patreon, like my latest Patreon... Tayshana V. Tayshana V, thank you so much for supporting the show. It means a lot. But for those of you who can't support the Patreon, just get the word out. That helps a lot too. Word of mouth really helps the show grow. And let's go ahead and move on with the first story. I'm going to order some more cables, um, backup cables, and I hope this cable is sounding good. I don't know. I don't know. But anyways, it, it will do in a pinch. Let's go ahead and get started with the first story here. We'll figure out the cable stuff later. Now, on Monday's episode, I talked about haunted dolls, and I said the difference between a haunted doll and a haunted house, other than the fact that one you can live in and get chased around and take Scooby-Doo to, and the other one is three feet tall. Three feet tall? That's a giant doll. Ten inches tall. Anyways, I said because the stories of haunted houses tend to be neighborhood stories, generational stories. You grow up in the area, you tell your kids, oh yeah, that house is haunted. Because you're a cruel parent and you want your kids to live in fear. Haunted dolls, though, are generally much more limited to the family. And they don't tend to be passed down from generation to generation. It's kind of like, oh, your sister has a doll. It's super spooky. When I was using examples to, to kind of make my point there, I just came up with something off the top of my head. And I said, this incident is a story you would hear in your neighborhood. And then the next day, I found that exact example that i thought i had really just made up in the news let's go ahead and we're going to let's hop in the carpenter copter get it all warmed up we're checking the cables make sure the cables work and we, they do uh, you're like jason you didn't check all the cables what about that oh, bunch of, ah no no they're fine those are totally fine so i'm getting in the copter i'm like you coming and you're like uh can i check the cables no no just kidding we don't have time we don't have time hop in the carpenter copter we take off A little more slowly than usual. You're like, "Uh." We're going to Khabarovsk, Russia. (laughs) Your stomach stomach dropped a bit. I'm like, nah, nah, it's totally fine. It always makes that noise. You're like, no, it doesn't, Jason. Anyways, we're going to Khabarovsk, Russia. And we land. And then I'm like, there's your house. And you're like, what? I don't live here. I live in... you're supposed to state your city when when there's the pause there. But anyways, I don't know whether or not you'll do that. I go, no, bro. That's your house. Go home. Go in there. I don't want you anymore. Go home, Harry. We don't need you. So you're all walking away all super slow. Big old Sasquatch. And you walk into the door. So you have a bunch of kids now. You're like, this is trippy episode. All these kids are running around you. This is a super convoluted way to start this story up. You have a bunch of kids and they're like, parent parent because i don't know if you're a boy or girl parent look at what we got from the old lady down the street and they're bringing you this stuff called aspic now i have to take a moment to explain what this is unless you're listening to this in eastern europe because right now you're probably like, grabbing your fork and your knife you're like mm, aspic yummy it's called different things in different regions but for the rest of the world what it is this is so disgusting here, I'll read you the actual like description from Wikipedia and then I'll have to break it down for you. Because this is very, very important for this story. Aspic. A-S-P-I-C is how it's spelled. A savory jelly made with meat stock, set in a mold, and used to contain pieces of meat, seafood, or eggs. So it's meat jello. Now I get that jello is made out of gelatin, which is like horse hooves and stuff like that, collagen. And that's fine, whatever. It's disgusting. But this is, you throw a bunch of bones into the water, and all this fat and chemistry stuff gets separated, and you basically make a gelatin out of beef stock. And you're like, that's fine, that's how normal. You do not let me finish, bro. You do not let me finish. And in most parts of the civilized world, you would then take the jello and put some, like, I don't know, peaches, like cut up a peach and throw it in there, uh, pineapple, throw it in there. You'd have a jello mold, you'd have a jello with little pieces of fruit in there, and you'd eat it, but. In places of the world where fruit doesn't grow, i.e the Eastern Europe they, have, they they have no fruit trees, they put chunks of meat in their jello so you would have this jello mold and then there'd be like a, a hot dog <laughs> a hot dog floating around in it and you're like Mm-mm-mm. yummy yummy, yummy can't wait to eat with some ass pig And apparently I actually have a friend of mine who's Eastern European, relatively new. To United States. She's been here for about 19 years. So she spent half of her life in like Turkmenistan or something like that. And I, I asked her, I said, do you know what this is? And she had to translate it to her region. She's like, oh, we call it this here. She's like, yeah, my mom eats it all the time. When she came to visit me, stay with me for about six months, she was making it. And I'm like, how do you eat it? And she's like, no, it's super gross. Apparently, it's like a. it tastes a little bit like gravy and meat, like meat, like just, you know, pour gravy over meat. But there's pictures of this, and it's just a Jello mold, and there'll be, like, squares of meat floating in it. And kids are like, I want to get the meaty part. No, Billy, I'm getting it. And they're, like, fighting over it, stabbing each other. So that's what ASPIC is. Disgusting delicacy for millions of people, east of what was formerly known as the Iron Curtain. This story gets even grosser than that. That's not the story that that people eat this stuff. I'm like, and on to the next story. So anyways, your kids are running around. They're like, parent, parent, we want some ass pick," And you're like pushing them away. You're like, I don't even know what that is, man. I just got here. just got here. And then my narration tells you. And you're like, oh, that's disgusting, kids. You're not getting none of that stuff. And they're like, aw. But then they're like, but Sophia gives us some. Sophia gave us this right here. And they have a little handful of wobbly jello. There's a chicken wing in it. And you're like, ugh. You want some? And you're like, no, he slapped it out of their hand. So, they're getting it from Sofia Mikhailanov. Sofia Mikhailanov. And she's this old lady in town, and that really strikes you as odd because she's kind of mean. So they describe her in news articles as surly and unfriendly. And you're like, yeah, that is a good way to describe her. I would just describe her as a mean person, a mean woman. So, you find it odd that she's giving out treats to the kids, even though, like, she rarely ever talks to you, and she just seems kind of like a jerk. You're like, guys, nah, I don't think it's a good idea to eat that stuff. I don't think it's, I don't think you guys should be eating that. Aww. And they're, like, looking at, at you with puppy dog eyes. And then everything freeze frames, and I walk into the scene. I was like, you made the right decision. You're like, I didn't know you had such magical powers. I'm like, yes, I do. I can freeze time to deliver this narration. Kids are still, like, clutching at your pant legs. You can't move. You made the right decision. This is what... And then I snap my fingers, and we're in the Matrix now. We're sitting in plush chairs in a white room, and there's television in front of us, and I go, television play, the rest of this story. I'm just going to take a nap. Television turns on. Totally convoluted way to tell the story. Anyways, now you're watching the TV. This is what happened. Sophia Mikhailanov was this woman living in this town. This is very, very recent news story. She's giving out these little pieces of ass pick. To kids and to neighbors, here, have some of this. Some people ate it, some people didn't. Around the same time, the police are finding body parts in garbage cans in the region, in the area. I don't think she was going out 100 miles and, like, dropping it off in, like, Kazakhstan's garbage can. But in the area, they find... But I also don't think she was dropping them in her garbage can, so I'm just saying, like, in the general area. Police start finding body parts, and they're like, hmm... And they get enough of the body parts. They're basically like recreating this guy. They're like, if only we had the head, then we would know who it was. But they start to kind of narrow it down. And they're like, I think we know who this is. I think it was this guy who lived in Khabarovsk with Sophia. He was like a lodger. I don't know. I don't know how they figured that out. I don't know if they were carrying like a leg around with a pant leg on it. And they're like, have you seen this guy? And everyone's like, oh, no, I know that. That's Buddy's pants. But anyways, they go to her house, knock on the door. Open it up. She's like, would you like some ass pick? They're like, yeah. And they start eating it. And they're like, okay, that's enough. They start looking around. They find body parts in her fridge, specifically the grossest body part, the intestines. So they're like, uh, did you really eat that ass pick? And the rookie's like, yeah, you got is there more in the fridge. And he looks at it. Bleh. So what she was doing, what? Was, he, here's the point of contention. People in town say that the police have told them off the record that she was killed the lodger and cut up parts of his body and made it into aspic and then gave it to the people in town the police are saying we will not confirm or deny that we're not going to confirm or deny that but people in town say i know this cop and he actually told me that yes so she's currently arrested they actually are charging her with three murders the murder of this lodger the murder of one of her good friends who came to live with her and the murder of a eight-year-old girl like six, seven years ago. So obviously the question is, has she been feeding people? like, Was she making gelatin food that long ago? Is it a recent thing? Did she just say, this adult male is the biggest victim I've ever killed? Got to figure out a way to get rid of these people. Chop them up. Or was she doing it with the kid too? We don't know. I mean, this is super recent. On my Ghost Doll episode, I said, you know, you'd have a story about the haunted house, and there's an old woman there who like chops up a trick or treater and hands it out to other trick or treaters. Just as a ridiculous story, you would tell your little brother. And then the next day, I read that in the newspaper. Gross, gross. And the d- the dessert's gross in and of itself. Moral of the story is don't eat meat in jello. Second moral of the story is. Don't accept stuff from people who are referred to as surly and unfriendly. So anyways, that is that story that sprung out of my mind as a joke and became real. Let's go ahead, and I missed this yesterday, but yesterday's episode was like an hour and a half, and I had to take out a ton of stuff just to get it to where it was at. Let's do a very quick Dead Rabbit Recommends here. This one is one I've been sitting on for a while, and I really can't talk about it much because there's so many possible spoilers in it but it is when I was watching the movie I thought this movie is perfect for Dead Rabbit Radio audience 100% perfect it's a movie called Under the Silver Lake and it's the story of a young man in Hollywood who uncovers a conspiracy and the that's really all you can really talk about the plot it's I loved it. I absolutely loved the movie. It has multiple mysteries. It keeps you guessing. It's very film noirish. It was directed by the guy who does It Follows, which I did not like that movie. And I was maybe a good hour into the movie, and I'm watching it, and I go, oh my God, that's Andrew Garfield. And he's the star. He's in almost every scene of the movie, totally dissolves into the role. Like, I didn't, you might recognize him more, but I didn't recognize him at all. There's one particular scene, and I was like, oh my god, that's Spider-Man. Like, he does a great job in the movie. The movie is one big puzzle, and a lot of internet people have tried saying, trying to like interpret it their own way, and I, I try not to get lost. That's what happened to me with the Joker, too. Like, I was doing research on the Joker, and I was reading all this stuff, and I, I step back, and I go, I just like my interpretation. And that's what I would recommend with Under the Silver Lake. Just watch it, and if you have some serious questions you need answered, maybe go online, but you just watch it, and then you walk away, and it's really, really compelling mystery. And it's dope. Like, all of the little clues... It's not like, hmm, who stole the ketchup? It's a mystery like the Illuminati controlling... Or some sort of group controlling Hollywood. So it's not this little thing. It's actually like him trying... It's this normal guy who just bangs hot girls. All of a sudden, it goes, you know, knee-deep in this crazy conspiracy... Really, really good movie. And it's full of hot women, too. So, Dead Rabbit recommends Under the Silver Lake. Again, it's not a party movie. It's a movie you kind of want to sit down and watch. But um really, really enjoy that movie. Let's go ahead and move on to our next story, though. Our next story. We are back in the Carpenter Copter. We are headed to Medicine Bow National Forest. So we're flying over Medicine Bow National Forest. Birds everywhere. Caw, caw. Squirrels. Wind blown through the trees. And then you hear it, as I'm trying to regain control of the carpenter copter. It's smoking out the back. Hold on. You're like, there's nothing to hold on to. Rotor blade breaks off. We're outrunning the rotor blade. Ah! Massive fireball. It's covered in soot. You're like, is that the end of the carpenter copter? No, nah, no, nah, we'll fix it. But we almost died so just taking a breath of fresh air look at the sun and thank god you're still alive and we do that and we just kind of go <sighs> good thing we're alive <laughs> raging forest fire behind us it's october 25th 1975 i believe it's 1975 we're in wyoming and we are we now we're outrunning the forest fire we're running in slow motion huge fire behind us we start running in real motion and we totally get away from it and we Run into a guy named Carl Higdon, 41-year-old dude. He's normally an oil driller, not the drill itself. He just works at one. And hes it's his day off. So what better way to spend your day off than to just shoot living things in the neck and watch them go, fall to the ground. Be like, mm, i eat that. Put it in some aspic. He's out elk hunting. He has his rifle. He sees this big old elk there. And it's walking by, and he goes, oh, I'm gonna blow its brains out. And so <laughs> he's, crazy. he's like, Oh, I'm gonna shoot it. I'm gonna shoot it in the kneecap. I'm gonna make it suffer. Now I'm gonna shoot it in the brain, put it, put it down real quick, and he pulls the trigger. <laughs> but it doesn't do that. Your sound effect goes backwards. He pulls the trigger, and there's no sound. The gun doesn't even kick back. What he does is he watches the bullet fly out in slow motion. And it starts to slow down even more, even more, even more, and then it just drops. About 20 feet away from him, 30 feet away from him, Forrest is dead silent. He's like, What in the world just happened? Then he hears a twig's snap behind him, and he spins around. Gun ready to go. Behind him is. Also. So, Also, or Also One as he's also known, is an alien. But not just any alien. This alien has some unique characteristics. He's not one of those wimpy little greys. Dude is six foot tall, at least. Big old massive dude. Not as tall as me, but whatever. And he's dressed in all black. So he's one of those emo aliens. He has this belt on. He's wearing this big old belt with a giant six-pointed star and then a weird emblem in the middle. We've covered a lot of aliens like that. I think that's one of the interesting things. Greys are always these naked skinny little dudes that are running around. There's a ton of aliens out there in straight-up, like, official uniforms with insignias and stuff like that. It's kind of bizarre. They very rarely get covered. He's standing there. No ears that are visible, at least. Tiny little eyeballs. Normal-sized head, apparently, but he has Bart Simpson hair. So he has what's described as straw-like hair that goes straight up. And sticking out of the hair are two antennas. So straight-up alien-looking dude. And if that's not enough, no hands. Carl says he's on this, he goes on this adventure with Oso, and he goes, I never saw his hands, he goes on one arm, there's like this little drill bit looking thing, mm, that's interesting, I didn't think about that before, but there's this little drill bit thing, and the reason why, because I'll forget to mention it later, I think it's weird that he's a driller, and then the alien appeared that had a drilling device on its hand, that's a weird, it kind of makes me think the whole story's fake, all he can imagine stuff is drilling, and the spaceship looked like a giant drill, and then we went to Planet Hole, the drill went in. But anyways, Alien has a drill for a hand, and he's just standing in front of Carl, and Carl's standing there. And then the alien goes, how you doing? Carl's like, that's, that's an actual quote, by the way. Carl is like, I'm actually kind of nervous. That's not an actual quote, but he was kind of nervous. He said he was nervous, and the alien's like, ah, don't worry about it, man. I got you. You look a little hungry. And the alien waves his little drill hand, and a box of pills starts floating in midair. You start floating towards Carl. Uh, totally true. According to Carl, this is what happened. This, I'm not leading up to a joke. Little box of pills floats through the air. Lands in Carl's hand. An alien goes, you should eat one of those pills. You look hungry. Eat one of those pills. And it will fill you up for four days. You won't have to eat for four days. Now, what would you do if an alien... I would take the pill. If an alien's like, here, this pill will do whatever. I'd be like, it doesn't even have to do anything. Pill from an alien, I'm sold. Oh. And Carl also takes the pill. Now, the alien goes, oh, good. You've, we tricked you. <laughs> Sky turns dark. No, he goes, thank you. Thank you for taking that pill. You can keep the rest of them. He's like, and then he goes, hey, Carl, I know we just met. And I know you just took that mystery pill. You want to go back to my place? You want to come visit my home, I, home planet, I meant to say? Now, Carl has said that he was fascinated by aliens and UFOs. And he had told people, well, if I ever meet an alien, I'll hang out with them. Like, all, I will talk to him. I'm not scared of aliens. But he, in this case, he actually was like, "Yeah, I'll go home with you." So bizarre. Like, I pro, I might say the same thing. I probably would. But that's a, it's a difference between taking a pill that an alien gives you. That's pretty trusting. But then his home planet is totally different. But anyway, so Carl says, "Yeah, dude, I'll go home with you." And I've never done that before. But you know, you look kind of cute. And the aliens like starts blushing. You know, it's it's time for a new beginning for both of us. He grabs the drill hand and it's like... Rrr. No. Anyways, it's weirder than that. A box appears, or Carl appears in a box that he describes as a 7 by 7 box. Which I'm assuming is 7 by 7 feet, but it seems like it would have to be 7 by 700 yards because he's in the box with also one, two other aliens, and five elk. And the box flies away. Woo! And he describes it going up to something like the Space Needle in Seattle, which actually kind of looks like a drill. It has a point. Anyways, and from there they travel, uh, depending on the article, either 163,000 light years, 163,000 light miles, or 163,000 miles. Huge (laughs) difference between those. Anyways, he ends up on Oso's home planet. And so they're talking. He's like, so, why do you come to Earth? And Oso goes, well, We don't have wildlife on our planet. Here, look. And he opens the door. And it's just, he doesn't really describe the planet. But it's a, like, city, apparently. And he goes, we don't have any wildlife here. So we'll come to your planet to take wildlife. And some people have said maybe that explains cattle mutilations. But no, because cattle mutilations, they just take the eyeball and the tongue and the genitals and the blood. Everything that a normal predator does on planet Earth. But anyways, that doesn't explain cattle mutilations. They say we bring animals up here and also it's like "Mm, i love fish so much sometimes i just go down to earth just to get some fish my favorite thing down there now while carl is up there walking around he sees other humans chilling and also is like it's pretty cool huh we got other people up here and carl's like yeah that is kind of cool a little creepy a little weird these people also come visit and also is like yeah yeah we asked we didn't take them on purpose we asked them if they want to come up here and then also goes here step in front of this device and it's like this window mirror type thing. And it goes, <refuse> and it kind of floats around him. And then also goes, well, Carl, you don't really meet our specifications. Let's go back home. And Carl didn't ask, well, what are the specifications? But he just accepted it. He's like, yeah, hey, yeah, okay. So also goes, we're going to send you back to Earth. You can't stay here forever. But, you know, thanks for hanging out with us. You met the place. Thanks for the elk. You know, that was pretty cool. And he's like, oh yeah, oh yeah, I was hunting those things. And then Carl appears back on Earth. Now, he's not where he was taken from. And he had parked his truck, went hiking to go hunt elk. And then all this happened. When he reappears, he reappears pretty close to his truck. So him and his truck are nowhere near where they were on Earth. And... Like, for whatever reason, the aliens teleport him right on the edge of a goalie, and he goes, uh, 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 and he falls down a steep hill and hits his head on a rock. He finally wakes up. He he, he gets a little knocked out. He wakes up. He doesn't know where he's at. He has no idea what's going on. He uh, climbs up the rocks, gets to his car, and there's, like, a work radio, like a CB radio in it, and he's like, uh... I need help. I don't know where I'm at. My truck. Uh, my head. Also. And so the rescue crew is like, Oh, there's something going on out there. Rescue crew goes out there looking for him because they don't know where he's at. They just know that this guy is lost somewhere in the woods. Rescue crews following the road. They know he had a truck. Can't find the truck. They start stomping through the forest. They see the truck and they're like, How did the truck even get out here? There's no tire tracks to lead out here. Nothing. The wife ends up joining the search party because they call her up and they're like, hey, ma'am, we found your husband. Come on down. So she comes down there, right? And he's just all, uh, he's all just like bashed up. And here's her, I love this quote. Here's her quote from the newspaper. When I first saw Carl, he was obviously in a state of panic and unable to say a word. Only after I asked him if he got any elk, that's her, that's her concern. Did you get elk? I'm so hungry for elk. Her husband's all like laying in a car, bleeding from the head, so where's the elk? Only after I asked him if he got any elk, did he come alive and start looking out the windshield up at the sky. With this, he began shouting, They took my elk! His face looked so strange it scared me, and I told one of the sheriff deputies to get his rifle and take it out of the pickup, and out of his reach. I wasn't sure what he would do. All the while, Carl kept telling me not to touch him, Finally, I got my coat around his shoulders and we drove to the Carbon County Memorial Hospital. It sounds like a boring place. Carbon County, bleh. At the hospital, my husband kept talking wildly, making no sense. They took my elk. Where are the pills? The lights, they hurt. The pickup is gone. They pointed the gun and it's gone. So that was the, those are all actual quotes other than me commenting on that gross county name. Those are all actual quotes. From the wife saying that's what he was talking about. there's what he was rambling about in the hospital and at the scene. They took my elk. Where are the pills? Which is an interesting question because I was wondering that too. Where are the pills? He he they, he knows that he should have them. They're gone. The light, they hurt. He, he mentioned that in a couple other encounters that it was so bright up there it was hurting his eyes. They actually had to turn down the light in the UFO. But anyway, so he stuck to this story for quite a long time. This is a really interesting one. A lot of people have covered it, but on Reddit, someone actually linked to some news articles. So I was able to actually read the original news articles from 1975. So that was really cool. Like that quote straight from an article written. Let's see where that was written at here. Weekly World News. No, I'm just joking. It was written in the... It was a real newspaper. The San Antonio Star. So kind of weird, kind of weird... um, legit news source telling this story. But, you know, everyone likes a little alien story now and then. So eventually he gets better. He goes back. He shows people where this all started. They find the bullet, which people are saying that should have been very, very difficult because, you know, bullets tend to go far and fast. But he's like, nope, there it is. Like, this is where I was standing. It only went like 30 feet in front of me. It's going to be right up there. Here it is. And it was described as it looked like it was turned inside out. Like the lead slug was missing, but like the casing... I'm not a big bullet person. But apparently the little lead part was missing, but the rest of it was like shredded. And people were saying, it doesn't look like it hit a solid object. It looks like it was basically peeled back. And that's kind of where the story's at. Like he says that it was true. He insists that it's true. There's not much evidence other than the bullet that it actually happened. He has this description. I guess they could probably count all the elk and be like, that's weird. Five elk are missing. But other than that, there's not much proof. Some people have tried looking up other missing people in the area and go, oh, maybe those are the missing people on the planet. Eh, maybe. But I did find this one really weird source. And it was from this place called The Real News. It was like a text file. It was an old, old source. And I never thought about this before. And we're going to end this like this. There was a guy interviewing Carl, and he goes, you know, you're describing the clothes, like the, the the black uniform. What did the back of the uniform look like? And Carl's been on this huge adventure. He's walking around an alien planet, he gets in the UFO, all this stuff. He spent, like, I think he assumes he spent, like, two hours. A lot of these details about the other planet came out of hypnosis, but he thinks he spent about two hours with this alien. So, they go, what did the back of the clothes look like? And This is a real interview. Carl's sitting there and he goes, what? Whoa, now that you say that, I never saw their back. I never saw the back of them. Now, the article goes on to say it's kind of weird that the interviewer didn't ask a follow-up question of that. If you spent two hours with somebody, you're going to see their back at least once. And then you start to think about how much when people are describing aliens, they're always describing the front of them. Like, does a gray... What does a gray's back look like? Is it, like, super muscular? Is it really kind of lean and doughy? What do the butts look like? Are they toned? Or are they kind of droopy? Do they have a butt? Very rarely do people describe aliens from the back. They never see their backs, really. So this guy could have had a star map on his back or a little tiny cape or another emblem. Think about all the times I've talked about aliens on this show. People are always describing how they look from the front. Really bizarre. Because generally we'll go, oh yeah, no, she had a ponytail. No, she had long hair. No, you know, like we do look at the backs of people. So the real news put this forth. When we look at old legends, there are like the stories of dwarves. Apparently they could never let people see their backs because they were misshapen. They'd always have to face you as like a thing the dwarves hid. What's weird is that not seeing the backs. That could be a minor detail that people just the back is just the back. If someone said, hey, can you describe your significant other? Unless they're Nicki Minaj or Kim Kardashian, you're just gonna explain what they look like from the front. You're not gonna be like, and then when they turn around, you know, you're generally describe people from the front. But if someone asked you, so what does your girlfriend look like from behind? You're like, ah, you know, and you would describe it. You wouldn't go, I don't know, <laughs> I've never seen it. So is this a minor detail? Is this just a a weird fluke of human observation that we don't really describe stuff from the back, humanoids from the back? Or is this a clue to the origin of these things? Is this a clue that we never get descriptions from? I shouldn't say never, but I I haven't come across it, at least that I can think of. And if there's a tail involved, I would assume you can just see the tail just from looking at them. The tail's long enough, but... Is this just some weird fluke of human observation, or is this a clue as to the origin of these things? How many people hallucinate the back of things? If these things are totally fake, it would make sense that nobody knows what the backs of aliens look like. If it's something real, are they purposely not letting us see their backs because it may reveal a little too much about their origin? And if these things are interdimensional. Maybe they don't have a back in the sense that we think they would. Their back is still in their home dimension. A tether of some sort. I don't know. I have no idea. I never thought about this before until I read this article on The Real News. We never see their backs. It's fascinating because we have all these questions about, is light drive possible? Do aliens come from another planet? Are they already here? Are they shape-shifting lizards? Are they taking over the, these big, weighty, heady questions? But then sometimes it's the small questions that really kind of trip you out. Why don't we ever see an alien's back? And it's always the small questions that help you figure out the puzzle. It's always those little tiny pieces you don't suspect that finally give you the ultimate answer to what's really going on